Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to Couch Co-op Presents Demo Demolition. This week, we're going to be re reviewing the game Papers, Please. If you ever wanted to simulate what it felt like to be living in a Soviet satellite in the 1980s, we have a game for you. So anyway, Papers, Please. This is made by Lucas Pope, who also made... Return of the Obra Din, which you highly recommended, Jack. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, well, Return of the Obra Din was was one of my favorite games of that I played last year. Um, I also doing a little research. I found out Lucas Pope was um, pretty pretty important to the technical aspect of Uncharted Two, another one of my uh, favorite games. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, this game was was. Um, as bare bones as Return of the Obra Dinn was, I would say this was even more so, which makes sense. It was made, uh, I think, five years prior to Return. Um, so basically, you're an immigration officer, and it's your job to decide whether or not people can uh, come into your country or not. Um, the more people that you allow or deny uh, later on in the game detain, um, the more money you make and you need that money because if you don't earn it, you're basically your family will starve or freeze to death. Um, so it's pretty grim. Um, but I really enjoyed the game, uh, addictive game loop that, um, kind of kept you on the edge of your seat as you know, you try and keep your family alive. Uh, the game brings a lot of ethical dilemmas to you where you have to decide whether you want to let people into the country who seem like they have legitimate reasons to be there, but are not supposed to be there. And there are consequences to you, um, you know, letting these people in when they're not supposed to some, which can adversely affect your, your family. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a pretty, pretty, uh, I don't know if fun's the right word, but, but definitely a, a, a solid gameplay loop that I enjoyed. Yeah, I got a couple of terrorist attacks on both runs that I did because I'm pretty sure I let the wrong person in. <laughs> or I don't know, is that pretty standard? Did, did, actually, was there a terrorist attack on day two for you? So I actually purchased the full game. Um, and what I discovered is that all the terrorist attacks that I saw were directly linked to people who you were supposed to let in. I think it's just an element of the game that they, they need those to go off it's like written into the script so um if you weren't supposed to let somebody in i never saw them actually um do a terrorist attack yeah i did i did get this bum older bum who kept who would the first time he showed up he had like no passport at all and was just like uh this country's glorious and you're like no nah, man you need a passport and the second time he came around he just made up a passport where it's just like really poorly drawn one and i was like pointing out the deficits and you know was like no nah, man denied but uh i could i actually like this game for as simple as it is because one i think it sets you up to it it builds on more and more complex mechanics each time i went back into it so by like day three you had to not only allow citizens from other countries in but they had to add certain documents along with it so you had to cross check like a lot of different information and then you know you kind of found yourself being proud when you did come across something that you're like oh, okay this one's off 
you know, I imagine that whoever out there, which is, there's probably a lot of people that play this game pretty religiously, have each country's dis issuing districts memorized, which I think like would shave off a lot of time because um, one good thing about the interface is that you can lay your documents on your desk and keep them open and just shuffle between them easily. So, you know, I'd, I'd lay down the map and then, you know, so there's different countries around you where citizens would be trying to get into your country and I would be able to shuffle around to either the rules page, which you need to cross-reference when on day two is when you get that mechanic where you can start pointing out flaws in the passport because day one, it's just allow your citizens in and that's it, you know? So I think you have to make sure that the photo lines up and that it's not expired. So pretty easy, but on game two or day two, it becomes, um, they have to have a issued ticket or certification. So it just, it seems like it just keeps building up, building up to the point where it makes it harder for you to either deny or allow citizens in, which means that it's harder for you to save money. And there's a few days where I would just like, all right, no food and no heating for my family today. You know, if they're okay, I just tried to bank it. And then, you know, then if it's like, I mess up a few times, I would have some money left to like cover something. So my first playthrough is pretty catastrophic for my family. I'll just say that. And they ended up firing me. <laughs> I'm like my fourth. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was day three because it goes, do you want to play on to day four? And I was like, no, nah, I'll just start over again and kind of just try to speed it up a bit. So it really is like the most fucked up version of Oregon trail in that sense. Um, I've always, this game is oddly, like the first time I played it through, because I purchased it as well a few years back, uh, it hits me on an emotional level and on a certain level because my wife's family actually escaped from a country that obviously this is a very fictionalized, you know, very gnarly version of it, but it was still a communist country in the 1980s. And so they escaped a, a rule that they felt there were certain rules that fell, fell in line with this. So um, playing the game was an odd experience to say the least. Um, I appreciate things like Georgie, uh, the homeless guy that Plummer had mentioned, who's kind of this recurring character that adds kind of a sense of humor to it. Because no matter how you treat him throughout the course of the game, he's always so pleasant. Like you can constantly like have him arrested for throwing, showing his fake passport. And each time he's just kind of like, oh, you're just doing your job. No big deal, you know. But then uh, they'll add in like you'll have a moment like that. And then it's immediately followed by a terrorist attack that kind of like reminds you of like what's at stake and then because the terrorist attack cuts the day short your fa you didn't even get enough opportunity to earn enough money to feed your family so it's a uh, really well done for what it is it's so simple from what i understand he did almost all of it lucas pope by himself um and it parts it shows but um by that same token like that that gameplay loop that you described jack i think the brilliance of it is actually that it's so mundane and so close to being like irritating that it just simulates like a real job like you want to do your best at it but at the same time there's also this part of it where you have to go through the total motions of opening up the book confirming that you know this country matches this origin or this city is accurate or these serial numbers line up and you know it really becomes you're testing yourself like how what good of a job do you want to do because you can just wave through everybody and you'll get some demerits, but you'll also get more money or you can just kind of try to do it the right way, but then you risk going too slow. So 
it's really fascinating for being such a simplistic loop, how that ties into the atmosphere of the game as well. Yeah, I think the stakes, the stakes of the game are what kind of changes it from that boring, like, I mean, if you explain the gameplay to somebody, it's like, well, you're comparing three forms and, um, you know, trying to decide if they all match up correctly. It's, it sounds really boring, but because your family is literally dependent on the money you're making and because it's such a, like the game, the day, the day in the game is like a, you know, a six or seven minute uh, time loop. So it's really, you know, you just got to try and burn through these as fast as possible. Sometimes you purposely, you know, skip one just because it's too complex. Matt, how far did you get into the game? Did you did you make it through all 31 days? Yeah, I beat it a couple of times. Um, admittedly, launching from like about, you know, late in it because you can start from day 20, whatever previous day you have. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, because you so, don't scratch. Gotcha. Yeah, so like I didn't play it all 31 days each time, but but I definitely reached a point where there was a clear branch in your decisions and played it through a few times. Um, yeah, I got to day, um, I think I'm on day 17 right now. And I started getting to a point where, you know, I, I played it a, a few games where when I lost, I would just start from scratch and was kind of getting a little tedious of the gameplay loop thinking like, oh, I've kind of hit my moment. And then some dude walks in with a bomb and just puts it on your, your desk. And you're like, whoa, what the hell? And then it's just so well done because the, the guy, um, the um, security or whatever comes in and he's just so disdainful of the bomb. He's like, this piece of shit, whoever made this sucks. <laughs> Open that case. Just cut this crap. This is a piece of garbage bomb. <laughs> it was just, it was a really fun moment. I don't know. That kind of like dragged me back in and now I'm excited to get back and, and see where all these different um, storylines are going because, you know, you have all these different factions who are basically using you um, to try and achieve their own, own goals and I don't know which one to pick which one's going to end up screwing me over and which one you know so it, it's pretty interesting it's fascinating too because some of those factions like even like when you do the right thing seemingly it can come back and bite you in the ass like a few days later so like an example like this will spoil a small portion of it but about about where you're at Jack there's a portion of the game where um, you're notified that your son's birthday is coming up Oh yeah, that. yeah, and if it it's, doesn't really change anything in terms of the gameplay, all it does is adds an additional option when you're choosing if you're going to sacrifice medicine or or heat or food. You know, you can set aside. I think it's like twenty bucks to buy him like an art set, and oh. so if you do that, he makes you this picture that he wants you to hang on your wall in your office. But my first playthrough, I got my first game over. This is why I had to play from the branch off because then I got an inspection and the guy had already warned me about hanging shit on the wall. <laughs> so he saw my son's photo and he immediately had me fired through throwing the gulag. So it was like, Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's done in a way where like when I went back and replayed it, like I realized like it, it intentionally has this long dramatic part where you see him crossing across the whole field to enter into the booth for the inspection and during that time you can actually pull down whatever things you've had hanging up so yeah it's little things like that where you just like like i was just so casual the first time just getting ready like i had my coffee in real life i was laying out my book like i would to play through the game and all of a sudden the guy's like you're fired you're out here. your family's gonna starve I'm like oh shit um well 
Plumber, how did you feel about the uh, visual audio? Just the just the kind of um, how that was handled, because it, it is a very simplistic game. Did you enjoy that, or uh, was that a, a detriment to your uh, experience? I enjoyed it because I think it fits the nature of the game really well. I don't need um, I don't need high detailed like lens flares and all that kind of stuff like I'm going through with Mass Effect Three to really help me get immersed. Uh, my job is I'm a customs agent or, you know, some form of that. And the monotony of sitting behind a desk and just seeing a face and then looking at paperwork, it, I think it all fits really well. And I actually enjoyed the music for the most part, at least the the, the main theme music. I was like, okay, I, I, I immediately kind of felt like this was something that the creator of Oberdin put in because I think there is some correlation between the two. As far as the music went, it just felt the same. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it because I didn't need, you know, the line of people waiting to get seen is just a bunch of really simple black bodies. They're all just kind of huddled together, you know, and there's a booth. And then when you need to call up the next person, you just, you know, click on the alarm thing and it goes next, you know, and then, you know, a face pops up in the window and hands you their documents. And so I, I appreciated it for what it was because it's not supposed to be this six button control, you know, scheme that you have to have running. It's, you know, a couple simple mouse clicks here and there. So yeah, I actually enjoyed the visual aspect of it. It didn't need to be some grandiose thing. And I don't know if making it any more detailed or more bits than it already has in it would make it a better game. So there's actually a short film on YouTube. I believe it's made by a Russian production company. It's it's less than 10 minutes, but it was kind of fascinating just seeing that. Um, it, it does a decent job of conveying the sense of the gameplay, but also the main part of it, because it's a live action movie. Um just seeing exactly what you're describing plumber like basically that everything is the same it's just happens to be real life people and so like obviously the visuals are much more dramatic and all that but it really conveys pretty much the same sentiment you pretty much leave feeling the same kind of just just kind of dull and gray at the end of the day yeah yeah if i had one complaint it would be um that one of the mechanisms of the game is that you're expected to match the face on the id with who's ever in front of you and because the graphics are so grainy sometimes it's difficult to tell if those if those if they match or not um so from a strictly uh performance based um i kind of i i wish that had been a little bit more clear um because sometimes, you know, my son would be starving to death and I would be relying on being able to figure out that. Um, but, but I did, I did like the, just the atmosphere that it, it presented, how, how simplistic it was and, and, and dark and gray and, um, and just let you focus on what you needed to focus on. Yeah, this game also is famous for having 20 different endings. It's a bit misleading because... I would say probably 15 of those are just 
elaborate game over screens. <laughs> so, um, but I guess technically those are endings. So um, from my understanding, there's about three real endings that can occur. A couple of which are actually pretty dramatic and, and interesting. Um, I didn't happen to personally experience that on my playthrough. I, I got kind of the middle of the road one, I, I believe. But um, yeah, it, it is pretty neat how there's so many different ways you can potentially completely fuck your game up and be done <laughs> and you know for something it, it normally isn't so easy to do in a video game well i gotta throw a curveball at you guys and um i got a, a little zag um art Scotsta, the uh the made up country that we're uh, protecting really a bad place let's uh let's uh analyze the uh, facts here um <laughs> Matt's disgusted with me right now because of, uh, but I mean, granted, I'm only on day 17, but I'm just going to say everybody wants to come to this country <laughs> to work. Everybody's trying to immigrate here. They're all complaining about where they're coming from. Um, people are constantly trying to blow this country to smithereens. Like you have three terrorist attacks on your, on your spot within 10 days. And they're still letting people in these countries. I mean, compare that to, um, you know, current uh, policies made by our government in the U S we were, we were keeping people out. Who would, who would... All right. Am I, am I zagging too hard? <laughs> I haven't gone that far. Um, I was impressed that um, they allowed as many sex workers in because I got a lot of uh, advertisements for the strip clubs where some lady would be like, come see me. And I'm like, how can I give this back? You can't. You just got to like let it sit on your desk. <laughs> it's just like pretty frustrating on that end. But um, like I said, I only got to day four. So my experiences with the game is much more shallow than year two experiences with the game i mean seeing as how the game literally begins with you winning the lottery to become this boring mundane booth commander as your duty <laughs> i mean that that right there is the starters then combined with the fact that they happen to be so suspicious that they will willfully take photographs of you buck naked to confirm just because they are that concerned about the letter on your identification card so don't necessarily think that it's as lenient and accepting of a world as you may have considered there, Jack. I only have one knock, and and obviously the healthcare very poor in this country. <laughs> your, your entire family could literally die of sickness within four days. Yeah, I was very concerned at how fast things were degrading because. <laughs> On my first playthrough, I didn't realize you could just like withhold heat or withhold food. So, I mean, I just kept letting the debt just collect, not to mention all the mistakes I made. I think once I made like four mistakes in a row, I was just like, oh man, this, this is not going to be good for the family. On my second playthrough, I cut the food off. I was like, all right, you can go like seven days without food. So one night's not going to kill you. <laughs> the other thing too to consider is that there is a game one of the endings is that if you stockpile too much money you get reported to the treasury department and immediately thrown in jail and your family starves so there's also <laughs> that component of it too that i don't think you've quite experienced just yet jack but. Dude, that, that just sounds like you know the uh, quality socialism you know trying to share <laughs> don't be greedy 
that's all they're asking. <laughs> you gotta pass that wealth around, you know, to your local government food shop. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would say it was a pretty interesting game. Uh, I've heard good things about it years ago and it was just something I never really approached. And when you guys brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like it'd be a fun demo to play. Um, am I gonna buy it? Probably not. I mean, I think there's some other games I have lined up, but um, I was pretty pleased by it. I remember turning it on and just kind of laying on my couch on my side. And I was like, oh, I should sit up for this one. So, you know, because I just have to use the mouse. I don't have to, you know, do the proper gaming posture in a chair in front of my TV to feel like I'm getting the most out of it. So, well, this will not go down as one of my favorite games of the year, but um, I am very satisfied with the $10 I spent. Um, definitely felt like I got some one, some good gameplay and two, it's just, a, it's different than most of the games I play. You know, it's um, just a different, different style of play. So um, money well spent. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like I've kind of entered in that realm with Lucas Pope where I feel like anything he makes, I'm probably going to at least want to try. Um, I certainly do not regret purchasing this one, playing through it. I definitely am happy to be done with it and will never play it again, I can't imagine. But um, it was certainly experience. I would say I definitely thought more playing this game than I have in some AAA titles or quote-unquote supposed to give you moralistic challenges throughout. Um, but this simple little, you know, 8-bit throwback definitely occupied more space in my head um, than a lot of things, more important pressing things in the world. I'll say that. Gentlemen, any other thoughts on uh, papers, please? No, just be safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack, what is it? What's the phrase? Glory to... Glory to arts God's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening.